this is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Hello, and welcome to another edition of No Brains, No Headache Podcast. This is episode 37. I'm your host, Jordan Weichel, and I'll be joined shortly with my co-host, Matthew Cleary. On today's show, we had guest Blake Harris. He joined us from Los Angeles for an in-depth college football discussion. We then get into our staple segment, Cleary's Comments, where we banter about random things. Follow that up with the Olympics of Sayings. We were shooting for short sayings this week. Keep in mind, the Olympics is open for interpretation. Then we'll finish it up with the NFL CAT scan of Championship Sunday. There's plenty to talk about, so if you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. There you can rate and review and give us five stars because you like us so much. Or if Spotify is more your cup of tea, follow us on there. Then you're going to want to head over to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Type in No Brains, No Headache Podcast and follow us because the next few weeks we have a bunch of awesome stuff coming up and you do not want to miss it. So let's get it on. Okay. Let's party. Our guest this week is a fellow diehard sports fan. He's the California Communities Editor for SB Nation. He has over 200,000 subscribers and over 110 million views on YouTube. You can check him out there at Harris Highlights. And he also has a podcast, The Harris Highlight Show. So be sure to check him out. Here he is, Blake Harris. Where's the setup? Is this just like at one of your guys' places? Because it's a pretty sick... uh... Nice. Pretty sick setup you guys got. Yeah, it's uh, at my house. I bought a house back in July, mid-pandemic, so that was a pretty uh, bold move. But, yeah, it's awesome. It's just North Dakota. You have uh, financially stable and cheap living. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I got an extra <laughs> bedroom. Let's just make a podcast studio out of the deal. Yeah, we're in the basement. A lot of basements here in North Dakota. So we're crowded down. We actually just put up this little scenery uh, just a couple weeks ago. So this is a new setup for yeah, us. Yeah, it looks... Looks good, yeah. The, the only downside about being in LA is one, everything is like, it's it's insane the price of living. But two, there's like no basements because eventually, whenever I get a house, like I want to get a basement to turn into the man cave. But like I, I was like looking at houses the other day over like a fifty mile radius, and there's legit like three houses that came up that have basements. They just don't believe him out here, which sucks because because I, I need one. Yeah, I mean it's nice too for like sound quality as well. I bet. Um, nice in the winter time, you can just go down to the dungeon, hang out. <laughs> don't see I the bet. outside for like three days. It's wild, right? So right now, I see you, you do YouTube like full time. It seems like, but what? How'd you get your start in media? And where'd you go to college? What? How did Blake Harris become Blake Harris now? Yeah. So, I'm trying to think of the start. It goes back to probably like senior year of high school, which was 2013. I made a YouTube channel already was like, you know, doing YouTube, which is posting stupid videos with friends. And I think I posted like the first video I ever made was a Blake Griffin highlight reel, just cause I'm a huge Clippers fan. I loved Blake Griffin and I made a highlight reel and it took off, did insanely well. And I was like, okay, let me start doing this. So I just started posting, you know, YouTube videos of like my favorite college football players, uh, just cause again, college football is my favorite sport. So I was just, you know, had some spare time. Let's post some videos of my favorite guys and did that for a couple years, went to a local community college just because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then when it was time to start looking into, you know, four-year schools, a bunch of my family members are, you know, across the Pac-12. Uh, a lot of my family went to SC, had a cousin at Oregon, knew someone that was at Colorado, uh, friends, you know, all across all across the West going to Pac-12 schools. So I thought, let's, let's go to a Pac-12 school. Uh, applied to Arizona State just because, I don't know if you guys know in North Dakota, there's just a, uh, it's like a known running gag that if you apply to Arizona State, you're going to get in because they have like 80,000, you know, students spread across like five different campuses. So I just wanted to have a, a college to get into. Got in there. It turns out they have a great sports journalism program. So researched it a bit, went there, uh, just continued making YouTube videos. Then it kind of got to the level where uh, players were actually hitting me up, wanting me to make videos for them. And I think it was like my freshman or sophomore year at ASU, there was like, I had a list of about 250 to 300 players that reached out, wanted a video. I kind of had to narrow, narrow it down to who I wanted to make videos for. 
And then ultimately I realized maybe I can start making money by doing this and also would help limit the amount of tapes I needed to do. So I started charging players and uh, that started growing as well. Then ultimately I decided, you know, after doing highlight videos for six, seven years, whatever it was, uh, you know, it sounds like it's a good idea to make, you know, money per video, but that's as much as you can make. Whereas other videos you can consistently make money. So about a year ago, I decided I'm going to stop doing the highlight videos transition towards a different direction where it's kind of just like having my own show, but kind of just me talking college football, doing videos I want to do. And yeah, it's been, like I said, so what 2013 is when I started. So eight years, uh, you know, doing, doing YouTube where it's, it started off as a hobby, turn into something where I can make money. Now I'm kind of doing something where I'm able to make more money. And uh, it's not my, it's like a full-time job, but I also have another full-time job. So the good thing is I don't have to rely on it as much as I used to, to make money. So it's, it's been a wild, fun, uh, crazy ride to uh, say the least, but it's been a lot. Sorry for the long story, but like I said, there was, there was a lot of moving parts uh, throughout the years. How was your time at ASU? I love the Phoenix Tempe area. That's awesome. Yeah, I know a- ASU's everyone, it, you know, they give it a wrap of being a party school, which it is. But the sports journalism program there, I tell everyone I know, if you want to get into the sports field whatsoever, ASU is, I think they're like the number two school, you know, in the country now in regards to that aspect. It's it's fantastic. The opportunities they give you are remarkable. The fact that they have, you know, an MLB team, NBA team, NFL team, you know, their collegiate sports are fantastic. There's so many great opportunities where just in my freshman year, I was able to cover the basketball team. They got to send me to Oregon. You know, they they pretty much, if you just put in a request, you can literally travel anywhere on the country, on, on, the, on the school's dime. And I got to travel, you know, cover a, a lot of great players. And overall, just, you know, they have a lot of professors that have past experience with ESPN, Fox Sports, and they have insane connections where there were a lot of the times where a class was literally just an hour Zoom call with some famous reporters, some famous, you know, person with a team that the teacher knew. So the opportunities are amazing. You know, they have connections. I got an internship at the local radio station. And, you know, with that, I was able to, you know, come in contact with his name's Ron Wolfley. He was like a four-time pro bowler with the Cardinals. And, you know, I became really good friends with him, would have lunch with him. He had a lot of connections. So again, ASU, I, I get it's the reputation for being a party school and whatnot, but honestly, the sports journalism program, just the people they know, the connections they give you, it greatly helped me, you know, getting into the sports journalism field with my job with SB Nation. So, uh, yeah, again, if there's any interest in the sports field whatsoever, whether it's writing, whether it's, you know, being on camera, producing anything like that, Arizona State. And plus, you know, Phoenix, Tempe, if you can get past it being 110 degrees until like October, which is the worst part, uh, football games are not fun. Uh, you know, Phoenix and Tempe, those are great places to live as well. So, again, Arizona State, especially for sports journalism, can recommend it. Can't recommend it enough. And it's like you and 50,000 pretty attractive ladies. Am I right? Right. Except for the, <laughs> the, the most the most ironic part is I also went to Arizona State because I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Being a single guy, it's going to be fantastic. I met my girlfriend my first year there on Bumble because she lives here in Los Angeles. So I actually got a girlfriend and did long distance during my time at Arizona state. So I'm, I'm still with her. I have an apartment with her. So I'm thankful for that. But the ironic thing is I went to Arizona state. I mean, to get a great education for the sports journalism program. But, you know, the female aspect, I didn't even really get to experience it because I got, you know, locked down and four years later, still, still in a happy relationship. So uh, shout out to Bumble on that one. Well, good for you, man. <laughs> well, so, so you kind of blew through some of my like other talking points. I had like when your YouTube took off, you said like almost right away. I mean, you definitely knew what you were doing when you started. Um, you said that you had players coming to you. Was there like a certain player that came to you that you're like, holy crap, like, I think I made it. Like, I can do this. Yeah, the one that stands out is Bradley Chubb. Uh, that's when, you know, he was back at NC State. And this was his, I believe it was his sophomore year. So he's, you know, this was before he was going to the NFL draft. But I, I remember the name and I was thinking, because I'm always looking ahead of like future mock drafts. I remember thinking, I'm pretty sure this guy was supposed to be like, he's going to be a projected first rounder. Because at the time I was getting guys where maybe they were like mid round guys, late round guys, you know, nothing too bad, but nothing like, you know, the top prospects and Bradley Chubb hit me up. And I was like, okay, you know, this, this guy seems like a big deal. So I worked with him. He was super nice. And of course the following year he was starting to get, you you know, like top five, top 10 mock draft, you know, consideration. I was like, okay, this is going to be awesome. And the fun thing was I actually reached out to him and uh, he, you know, 
agreed to come on our Harris Highlight Show. We talked to him for 15, 20 minutes. Really cool guy. Um, so that was really cool, and he's the highest. I think he's the only first-rounder that I did a tape for. But the second coolest one was Philip Lindsay, who he hit me up when he was at Colorado. Nice. And he, he, I remember he was a cool guy. He was like, yeah, I'm coming for the Heisman next year. It was a whole lot of fun, <laughs> and he was a really, he was a really cool guy. And the cool, the, this is probably the coolest moment though, was the following year, Colorado came to ASU. And, you know, when we were sitting in the student section, we're right behind the end zone, the opposing end zone, uh, all the Colorado players, they were out there two hours before a kickoff, you know, doing their warmups. And I was in the first row and I was, you know, yelling, Hey, Philip Lindsay, Philip Lindsay. And he's, you know, thinking, you know, who's this guy? Who does, why does he know my name? So he runs over and he's kind of like looking at me and he like, instantly he just recognized me and he's like oh that's the guy that made my highlight video he came over we talked for like five ten minutes before you know we took a selfie it was a lot of fun and we just pretty much caught up he talked about the game plan i told him take it easy on esu and uh that, that was a lot of fun because everyone's you know looking at me going why is this guy talking with colorado's running back for five to ten minutes and uh we've stayed in touch you know ever since and now you know he was undrafted and became you know a pretty good nfl running back so that's probably the best like bradley chubb's the best player you know i've been in contact with but the coolest story and probably be the coolest person definitely philip Lindsay, just because i got to actually interact with him in person yeah so you talk about going to asu's games um i'm assuming the atmosphere there was awesome this year kind of got cut back because of covid what did you think of the college football season this year did was it better than you expected or yeah i mean first off i'm ASU games are a lot of fun. As I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, they're not as fun when it's 110 degrees at kickoff and you're just standing there baking in the heat. Uh, I, I was shocked that they were actually able to complete complete the college football season because first off, uh, last year, I just kind of accepted the fact we're not going to get college football this year. I was just under on that train. And then, you know, the Big Ten started getting things going. The SEC, the ACC, they were like, you know, screw protocol. We're just going to play regardless. And once we started seeing, you know, all these players opting out, uh, teams getting games canceled i was like okay they're they're not going to make it through the season and ultimately they got it done and i thought it went you know as good as it could have gone um but overall you know there a lot of people are saying you know there's gonna be an asterisk on the season all this kind of stuff i don't think so i think the fact that they were able to compete they were able to get through it no problem well not not no problem but they were able to get through it uh not the college football season that i would have liked because we had a lot of great games that were canceled a lot of great non-conference games you know not having fans in the stands well i mean out, out here out here in the west coast there were no fans anywhere i know on the east coast and kind of in the south they had fans there but you know not the season that I was expecting, not the season I was hoping for, but so the fact that we got college football, the fact we got as many games as we did, and the fact that we got through to a national championship, uh, you know, major success. So I'm, I am grateful that we were able to get that much at least. Yeah, I think ASU has such a unique stadium for college football, just with the mountain right there. And then have you been to the high rises that you can see down into the stadium? My the guy I do my podcast with Brady, he actually lived in one of the high rise apart or yeah, apartment buildings right across the street from his room. He was kind of like three fourths of the way up. So it wasn't like at the very top, but out of his bedroom, he could see down into Sun Devil Stadium. So, I mean, we were at every game, so we never got to, you know, see what it was like from his point of view. But, no, there were times where like they were practicing and he had a perfect view. So if you're like on like the 20th floor or up, if you're not going to the game, you can literally like sit, you know, at your window on your balcony and straight up watch the Arizona State football game. So that, that was really cool. But it is cool that it, it is up against a mountain and you can't really see because it it's blocked, but there is a lake that's right behind it as well. So if you're high up enough, you know, you could see a view of the lake. You could see, you know, Phoenix in the in the background. You have to view the mountains. Again, I don't recommend a game in August, September, or October when it's 100 plus degrees, but definitely like in November when it gets down to about 90, it's definitely more <laughs> enjoyable then. 90 in November. No, I've been to those high rises before and they're awesome. I just thought... Like, if you don't go to the game as a college student, that would be the ultimate, like, apartment to have because the one I was on was on the corner looking right down into the stadium. You could literally throw the game on the TV, hear the roar of the crowd from your window, and have beers in your fridge. Right. So I'm a Notre Dame fan. Ugh. And following you on Twitter and some of your videos, I can tell you're not a big Notre Dame guy. My man. Oh no, I I I respect Notre Dame. I just like hating on them because it's fun because I know how many people. But I I respect them as a program. Uh, I I don't have any hatred towards them. You know, I grew I grew up a USC fan, so I was always you know rooting against yep. them. Now I'm an ASU fan. But uh, you know, Arizona hate them. UCLA hate them. No respect, whatever. Notre Dame never liked them, but I do have respect for them. So don't worry, I'm not like a total uh, <laughs> full on Notre Dame hater like uh, some people I know. So, do you know the Four Horsemen at Notre Dame? I don't. Oh, okay. 
Do Never. you? Well, one of them's my great uncle, so he was like a all American oh. back in the 1920s. Here's some homework for you. Look up the Four Horsemen from Notre Dame, and Matt is apparently blood related. Yeah, Jim Crowley. I'll, I'll, ask, my bu- I'll ask my buddy to do the podcast with because he's a diehard, like passionate diehard Notre Dame fan. So I'll after yeah. this, yeah. hit him up in the group chat and see yeah. if he comes with yeah. the answer. Yeah, Jim, Jim Crowley, Sleepy Jim, which is probably <laughs> why I sleep all the time and don't like to do stuff. <laughs> I like to bet on sports, and I am historically not good at it. And I wanted you to grade some of my college football bets that I made, I think, last July before the season, or maybe it was June. First one, I think I know where this is going, but <laughs> Notre Dame to win it all. Well, see, now, it also depends. It depends what odds we're getting. It depends how much we're putting down, because I'm sure Notre Dame to win it all had some fairly good odds. So I must say, I think it was how like, much was the wager? It was like plus 2,700. I think I put 20 bucks on it. Oh, then th- that that's okay. That, oh, that's, I see. I, I do I it, do I do it every year, but then I put. I think I put 20 bucks on Minnesota to win it all. Yeah, and like immediately after I sent the bet, I was like, I think I just threw twenty dollars away, and they I think <laughs> no, they started tw- out zero and three, so I was just whatever. Twenty seven to one odds, twenty bucks. I mean, I it's it's there's definitely a worse there. I mean, I, I want to put on ASU to win it all, but I, I haven't been able to do that. And I, that's something I know would not happen whatsoever. But that one, you know, I I respect it. I respect it. Now, if you would have said I put a grand on it, then I would have said, okay, let's pump the brakes here. <laughs> yeah, Someone's look. a little too confident on Notre Dame, but the twenty seven to one odds, twenty bucks, I can totally respect that. Okay, it's a good bet. Well, my Heisman bets were uh, going through them now. It just it's embarrassing because one, I figured, oh, LSU has this system. I'm going to bet on Miles Brennan to win the Heisman, who was supposed to be their starting quarterback, and I think he played like two yeah. games. What would you grade right. that bet? Uh, give me a give me a Ooh. letter grade. Pre preseason, I'd give that kind of like a B minus C plus, just because the odds of you know uh, the same school. You know, I know Oklahoma did it, but uh, the odds of the same school seem kind of tough. They were losing a lot of talent, but like you said, the system was there. Uh, Joe Burrow came out of nowhere. Maybe Miles Brennan came out of nowhere. And again, I don't think we expected LSU to be that bad. And for him, like you said, to literally play like two or three games, however much he played. So you know, the mindset was there. But uh, you know, I'm, uh, sure, I'm sure there uh, there are some better ones you could have bet on. Uh, okay, well, th- well, this one's funny because of the timeline it happened. I bet Jamar Chase to win the Heisman, and he oh. opted out like four and a half hours after I put the bet in. Okay, well, considering the wide receiver ended up winning it this year, that's actually not an awful bet. And since you made it before he opted out, uh, if anything, I think that's better than the Miles Brennan bet, the Jamar Chase one. Except Jamar Chase screwed you more than Miles Brennan did. <laughs> yeah, well, it was like it, it was the timeline of it, and then. Betting's not legal here, so it's done yeah. through some other avenue. But I was just like, maybe I can get my – nope, that's probably not coming back. Um, but <laughs> do you think a Heisman winner will be a wide receiver in the next, like, 20 years? Yeah, I know th- that was something that, you know, in our, in our podcast chat we were kind of talking about over the last few weeks is the fact that I personally – you know, I was born what I think five years after Desmond Howard won, and I never thought I'd ever see a wide receiver win the Heisman just because it's become such a quarterback driven award where, you know, for running back to win now, they'd have to have either an unbelievable season or the quarterbacks would just have to really suck that this year, that year, uh, this year, the quarterbacks, they weren't bad. You know, Kyle Trask had a good year. Mac Jones had a good year, but they weren't like unbelievable, fantastic seasons. I mean, Mac Jones was really good because of Devontae Smith and Kyle Trask. He's putting up good numbers, but they were kind of empty numbers considering Florida. They had that collapse at the end of the season. I I think Devontae Smith winning this year opens it up more than it would have been, but I, I just can't see it because even then this was, there have been wide receivers that put up better numbers over the last 20 years than what Devontae Smith did. And, and as great of a season as Devontae Smith had, uh, there have just been some guys over the years. Where I was like, I was looking at like Marquise Lee, like they had pretty similar numbers than what Marquise Lee had like 10 years ago. It's just that there were some really good, you know, quarterbacks that year. I definitely think in the next 20 to 30 years, we could see another wide receiver win. And I think now, especially they can say, well, Devontae Smith won back in 2020, then, then they can win this year. But I just think, one just the quarterback play just wasn't as dominant as it's been in years past and two I think just because you know Devon, if, if Jalen Waddle was healthy a full season I don't think Devontae Smith ends up winning because I mean for the most part I get Alabama has some solid weapons but Mac Jones was literally throwing it to Devontae Smith as he should have been like 
nearly every play. Um, so I, I think a lot went into Devontae Smith winning. So I'm going to lean no, but I think the chances are slightly better because Devontae Smith did win this past year. Well, see, that's the thing when they played Notre Dame and I was, the thing is Notre Dame from the f- start of the game had no chance of winning, but the fact that it was only a 17 point game was, I was like, okay, I'm happy with that. But hey, you they, guys covered. Yeah. They, they would throw the ball. <laughs> They would throw the ball to Devontae Smith like behind the line of scrimmage, and he would just take it like 40 yards for a touchdown. I mean, there's nothing you can really do about that. Also brings me into my last Heisman pick. I think I was a year early on this one. Bryce Young from Alabama. I thought he was going to beat out Mac Jones. I did too, personally. I did too. Ended up not happening, and then Mac Jones had a huge year. So is. I don't think that was a bad pick on my part. I just think I was too early. No, I, I, cause again, that was like brought up, I think on our last show, we were talking about the whole Bryce Young, how, cause we, it was mentioned how Mac Jones, many people didn't even think he was doing the starting job. What I thought was going to happen was I thought it was going to be like the thing where Mac Jones gets the first few starts. Bryce Young comes in in garbage time, looks fantastic. And then uh, like in the first month of the season, Oh, there's a problem going on early in the Alabama game. They pull out Mac Jones, they bring in Bryce Young, and he, you know, leads him the rest of the way. That's what I thought was going to happen. So I'm with you on that. I, I thought Bryce Young, he was ultimately going to be like the main star of this year. So uh, it's, a sh- it's a shame you can't get a Heisman winner in 2020 and or 2021 on that take because I think Bryce Young, he'll definitely, like at the very least, he's probably going to be like top five, assuming he's able to somewhat replicate what he did in high school. Uh, but that, that, that wasn't a bad one. But again, all these bets are good because I'm sure these aren't like the heavy favorites. So you were getting some insanely good value on them. Okay. I need good value next year. I need to make some money. Who's winning the Heisman as a long shot and who's winning the national title as a long shot. So all bias aside, this this is a good long shot one, Jaden Daniels, quarterback for ASU. I, I saw one the other day. I don't know what his odds were, but I think they were something like 30 to 40 50 to one odds kind of like around that i think asu is going to be good next year i think they're going to be competing for the pac-12 uh jaden daniels his numbers haven't been like off the charts by any means he doesn't throw interceptions he's a dual threat he runs the ball and i think this is gonna be the best asu team they've had in some time so i think there's no reason why he can't you know average 80 rushing yards a game with a touchdown or two he'll be throwing it a lot he'll be averaging 300 passing yards a game so if you want like a value one i like that one in regards to just my favorite i like sam howell uh it depends on, I think, where you see, like, because everyone has different odds all across the board. I think I've seen some where Sam Howell's, like, maybe, like, 7, 8 to 1, something like that. So I think, you know, for the most part, he's not, like, the heavy favorite, like I think Spencer Rattler is. So I like those ones a lot. In regards to, did you say early national championship pick or sleeper national championship pick? Oh, one sec. I'm blanking. Who, who does Sam Howell even play for? North Carolina. Okay, yeah. Okay. Quarterback, quarterback okay. for North I was, Carolina. I was thinking he was one of their, like, two running backs they have that – didn't play right. the Okay. Um, yeah, so next year I'm going to assume that it's going to be like a Clemson, Alabama, <laughs> but give me someone that's like 20 to 1 or worse. Give us the yeah. fourth team that- in the playoff because we know right now it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Give us the fourth team in the playoff. <laughs> so – I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll give you two. I think the fourth team is going to be Oklahoma. I think, I think, you know, unless, I mean, they, they were playing one of the, you know, some of the best football to close out the season. So I think Oklahoma, like if I had to bet money on it, I'd go with Oklahoma. But if I'm going to give two, I think maybe like you said, long shots, ones that no one's really talking about. I think Iowa State is one just because I, I saw some stat the other day that they're returning 20 of their 22 starters from this past season. Wow. They're returning, you know, their quarterback, running back, uh, their top tight ends, a lot of their defensive guys. And they were close this year to winning the Big 12. So I think Iowa State, I think they can win the Big 12. So I think if if they, you know, knock down Oklahoma to win the Big 12, they might be one of those final four teams. And another one staying on the topic of Sam Howell, North Carolina. If any team's going to take down Clemson, which I still, still think is very, very unlikely, I think it could be North Carolina because, again, they've been trending upward the last few years. I think Sam Howell's probably going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And they're returning a lot of talent as well. They are losing, you know, both the running backs that were, like, insane this year. I'm pre- I know one of them's gone. I-, I think the other one might be gone too, so we'll have to see what they do there. But uh, they're returning a lot of talent. And, again, I think it's – if we're talking, like, value picks, I think, you know, they have a legitimate chance because all, all you have to do is beat Clemson and you're in the playoff. And if they can just have, you know – that one game go their way, I think they can be in the playoff. Unfortunately, uh, with Notre Dame, 
Uh, I don't think Jack Cohn is going to be the answer. Maybe they go a different well, direction, and hopefully. Then, and see, that's the thing. You would tweet about Ian Book, and I'd be the same way. I'm like, Ian Book puts up stats, but he's not going to set the world on fire. And Jack Cohn is a shittier version of Ian Book. Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't want that in my life. Give me give me a 4-8 and eight team that tries really hard and throws a shitload of interceptions. Then Jack Cohn, when they go 10-2 and two and make it to the Camping World Bowl and <laughs> – blow the doors off Iowa state again. Right. Hey, at least, I mean, I will say this, like I, I thought like Ian book was fine. Like he'll win you games, but just when you need him to win games, he necessarily won't. I I thought he was a fine quarterback. It is a damn shame though. Next year, they're not going to have like, you know, a solidified top five quarterback in the country. Cause I think Kyron Williams, I think that dude is going to be a, a damn stud. And then um, what is it? Is it Mike Mayer? Is that how you say what his name is? The uh, tight end? Yeah. Mike Mayer. And then they also have Brock, Wright. Like they just a yeah. stable of tight ends. Yeah. I, I think if, if they could have had like a really good quarterback for next year, I think they could potentially be in contention. But again, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that they have some better option than Jack Cone, but uh if Jack Cohn is the starting quarterback for Notre Dame, I am sorry. It is he's he's be the a, equivalent uh, of like drinking <laughs> white milk. Just it's so plain. Yeah, it's it's like grab a pop. Do you drink a different color of milk? Uh, strawberry milk. Had it yesterday. Pretty good. Okay, just curious. <laughs> uh, have you ever met Herman Edwards? Unfortunately, no. I mean, I've met, you know, Bobby Hurley, the Arizona State uh, basketball coach. The one team I never covered while at AC was actually the football team, just because of how much time actually goes into covering the team. But, uh, like, I'll, I'll say this. I was very skeptical when they hired him, just because he had literally no real, like, you know, college experience. coaching experience whatsoever. <laughs> but this dude, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. The results aren't there yet. But the way he's been recruiting, the way that he's kind of taken over Los Angeles, the coaching staff he's assembled is just full of NFL talent. Players love playing for him. Um, from what I've heard from friends that have covered the team, he's like the nicest guy ever. Like he's, I no like there's nothing, no one has ever said a bad thing about Herm Edwards around my time at ASU. So I'm bummed that I never got to meet the guy, but uh, what, what, again, what he's done at ASU and just the, the way people you know, really like him, the, the way that people really love him. Uh, it's an exciting thing. Cause I, I saw I, I need to like whenever I see these things on Twitter, I need to like write them down because I always you know forget what they are. But like the amount of total NFL experience that he has on his staff, like the next closest was like if you add it all up, it's like 40, 50, 60 years, something like that, where the next closest is like in the 20s or something like that. So what he's done at ASU has been phenomenal. And like I said, the results haven't been there yet, but I, you know, all bias aside, as I'm rocking an Arizona State shirt, uh, next year, you know, keep a lookout for Herm, keep a lookout for the Devils, because uh, they're coming, they're coming. But Herm, he has done a, a fantastic job so far. I've been, I've been very impressed, and I've definitely had to eat my words on uh, what I said when they hired him. I think it was three years ago yep. is when they, when they brought him in. So last question for you, uh, where can people find you, your podcast, your page? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm all over the place. So if you're looking for college football content, just go to YouTube, type in Harris Highlights, or type in your favorite college football player from the last five years because I probably made a video on them. Find me there. You can find me on Twitter at Blake H. Harris. Uh, then if you like, for whatever reason, if you like Dodgers content or anything like that, because that's what I do for SB Nation, nope. at Blake Harris, TBLA. In case there's a random Dodgers fan out there. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Look at the Cubs gear here, man. We don't like the Dodgers, or as I call I them, the say, Doyers. I, you know, I hated the Cubs because, uh, you know, what they did to us a few years ago, but you guys got yours. Then we, you know, gave you gave you uh, a nice uh, NLCS treatment back in 2017. So, you know, for, for a year I hated the Cubs and was, you know, tired of them. But you guys got your championship. We got our championship. So all is good between uh, Dodgers fans and Cubs fans. All right, well, we'll let you go, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, this uh, is awesome. Keep doing you. No worries, guys. Hey, anytime you guys ever, again, want me on the show, just talk college football. Maybe we guys can get you on sometime this offseason on our show. But uh, this was this was a lot of fun. You guys got a good setup, so I'll definitely be uh, tuning in and catching up to date with the uh, show more often. All right, man. Thanks, Blake. Yeah, we'll catch you later. No worries, guys. Have, have an extra beer for me since I couldn't enjoy one today. All right, I will shotgun one right now. <laughs> All right, ladies and gents, we are getting into Cleary's Comments. I'm joined by my co-host and founder of Cleary's Comments, Matthew Cleary. He informed me that I am going to hate him after this segment. So, Matt, let's get right into it. I only have a couple, but I know you have several. I'm going to ease you into it this week like a dolphin. Okay. 
Gas station bathroom keys. Oh, I love those. I know. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so what is the best thing you've seen as a gas, like, that they uh, Attached. It? Like, a I've spatula. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I've seen a brick. Like a kitchen spoon. <laughs> I've seen a brick. Really? <laughs> it gets better. A small golf cart tire. Okay. Yeah, you're not going to steal that. A child's life jacket. Okay. That's it. But um <laughs> or like like the employee's only sign and then you look at the door across the gas station it's just missing the sign and they just have the employee's only sign hooked to the bathroom key. Oh, definitely a veteran move is to just go into the employee's bathroom. You're never going to see those people again. Nope. Yep. Agreed. Also, the Oklahoma State Legislator legis, Legislature is attempting to pass a bill that would allow for a Bigfoot hunting season. Are you fucking with me? That would be awesome. And on the bill, it says, this is not a joke. I think they should allow it. In every single state, if someone brings me a Bigfoot and puts it on my table, I'm all in. Did you notice the Squatch 2020 magnet I put on the fridge? We definitely have a Sasquatch magnet on the podcast fridge. You can't miss it. It looks like a goddamn presidential election campaign. Are you aware that you have a Sasquatch 2020 magnet on your fridge? I am now. You just told me about it, you fucking dick. Pretty sweet, though, right? Yeah, it is pretty cool. So Des Bryant, your boy, uh, we talked about him a few episodes back. He went on a tweeting spree when he got pulled from the game for testing positive for corona. Turns out he wasn't negative, and, of course, it was against his old team, Cowboys. Now he's back on Twitter going crazy. I'm not going to lie. When I saw this, I didn't see the original tweet, but he's making waves. Uh, just listen to how petty this was. So uh, he tweeted something. I, I don't know what it was because he deleted it, of course. That's what people do when they you know, delete spicy things that they can't get behind because they have no back or soul. But this lady responded, and she said, CTE kicking in a little early with like a fucking stupid emoji. Eggplant. Yep. So then at that point, Des Bryant deleted the tweet. Like I, like I said, I couldn't find it. But he wasn't done. He quote tweeted this lady who said CTE kicking in a little early. He quote tweeted her and said, one honey bun away from obesity. So uh, pretty petty of you, Des Bryant. Uh, be bigger than Twitter. Don't be a fucking moron. Also, that's and just being start- a dick, but it is pretty funny. Yeah, you're a professional athlete, though, and I'm sure he advocates for the people, his role models he looks up for, and I'm sure he wants, you know, to be a leader in the black community, but how is it being a leader when you say one honey bun away from obesity from some bitch who has, like, 250 followers, okay? She's more active on Facebook on her nieces and nephews' fucking posts than she is on Twitter. Bet she has more than 250 followers now. Also, I just thought about what if for a bathroom key at the gas station... They had a guy that his full-time job was the bathroom key guy, and he had to go in the bathroom with him every time. Yeah, that is just absolutely ridiculous, Matt. I, I like the bathroom key bit until your, just, your statement just a moment ago. You should have watched guys unload. Yeah, I, I, I liked it until we just got into that last comment. So way to go, Matt. You're pissing me off. Uh, do you think blind people ever jump into a pool that's not full of water? All the time. At least 1,000 U.S. cases per year. Similar to botulism, but... I don't know what botulism is. Yeah, I don't really understand it either. (laughs) It's like a fucking superpower bacteria that just kind of, like, decides, like, you're fucked. Uh, I I knew I walked slow in college when I'd walk to class, and there was a blind chick that went to my college, and there was one time that she passed me. Sometimes when I puke a shit... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it happens all the time, okay? Have you ever been so stoned at a drive-thru that you pay for your food then drive off without getting your food? No, but I've done that sober. (laughs) I had to go back inside the Taco Bell and get my food. Are you serious? And the guy working at Taco Bell thought I was an idiot. Well, Well, there's a good chance that we start a segment in the future entitled, Have You Ever Been So Stoned? And we're just going to say stuff, and then you're going to say how you did it sober. (laughs) 
Also, have you ever seen the thing at a Taco Bell drive-thru that says, like, how much it would cost? It's like a digital thing, but it has never worked since 1996. No, but I was at Office Depot the other day, and the guy made me download an app for 25% off, so I stood in line there like a jackass for 15 minutes. I didn't even get the 25% off, so I just <laughs> left. I hate that. When fucking people say it like, PetSmart, I go buy cat food, and the lady won... I spend a lot on cat food because it's expensive and doesn't give my cat fucking bloody urine. And she goes, oh, do you want to apply for the PetSmart uh, Plus something? And I was like, no. And she's like, well, it saved you 10%. And I was like, lady, I don't give I'm spending like $70 on a bag of cat food. I don't give a shit if it saves me $7. Also, reevaluate your life and stop fucking judging me. Yeah, I mean... Just don't get stoned at drive-thrus, and we wouldn't be here now. And also, this is another comment I had was Best Buy has a like one of those pickup things. A lot of brand names today. Yep. Um, like that you order. Yeah. And get. Yeah, what? you order and you pick it up. A who pickup d- thing. Who does that with Best Buy though? Uh, people who are extremely afraid of the coronavirus. They had it before coronavirus. People who are not willing to spend any more time away from their monitors slash TVs that they just got to go to Best Buy, get their shit, get going. Like, I would want to interview someone that has to take that stuff out. Like, yeah, I had to take a $7 ox cord out to this person. Like, what are you doing with your life that you can't walk into Best Buy? Dude, there's so many social, like, socially anxious people out there that it's like, you have no idea. You have no idea how many people out there have anxiety. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just saying, like, there's probably so many fucking people out there who, like, never leave their house. And it's not January in North Dakota. I tell you that much. It's fucking L.A. year-round. Slam the video games, watching the Pornhub, watching the NFL, watching the games. They don't want to leave their house. Flying under the radar. You got the Cheetos, Puffy. What more do you need besides okay. Red Powerade? <laughs> yeah, but then you puke and then poop Red. But, okay. Other than that, I parked in that spot at Best Buy because I was like, that's stupid. That's dumb. And then a guy, as I come out of Best Buy, buying a a laptop from him. Like, they just made $250 off me. And he goes, yeah, this is for people that um, do curbside pickup. You're you're, you're sitting over there and you're like, hello. There's no one in the four other spots and there's 7,000 people here. Like, throw me a bone. And don't stop, like, people at stores judge the shit out of me and try to, like, the lady at the supermarkets, like, take your receipt. And I was like, I don't need my receipt. I just bought some Funyuns and a (laughs) 12-pack of Diet Coke. Pretty pretty normal. And she's like, if you go to the back of it, you have a chance to win $100. I'm like, yeah, but I have to register for an email, and then I'm going to get emails from this random account. I'm never going to win $100. I'm sorry, lady, but I'm not going to do it. Do you want to buy lottery tickets after this if the lotto hasn't been picked yet? I'm embarrassed you have to ask. Straight cash, homie. That's what we had to have if we want to buy it. Mayo or Miracle Whip? Now. Go. Mayo. Okay. We are friends. The podcast can move forward in a civil manner. I don't understand the Miracle Whippers. Yeah. See, Mayo has so many more options because Mayo comes out with... Like, spicy mayo. Mm-hmm. Miracle Whip's just like, hey, we have this white stuff that you can put on. And also, we're not doing Miracle Whip any favors if we don't pronounce it correctly. Yes. And margarine and butter, I don't know the difference. Nobody does. Civilization has been going on for over 2,000 years, Matt. Nobody knows the difference between margarine or butter. What I can tell you, though, is there is a butter Pennsylvania, and we are taking a road trip there. Speaking of towns that have sayings... Okay. Towns that say where the West begins. Mandan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mandan, North Dakota does it. Dickinson, North Dakota does it. Some small town in South Dakota. Newcastle, Wyoming, I'm pretty sure says it as well. St. Louis is where the West begins. Where the fuck does the West actually begin? Well, it all depends on where you're at. I mean, if you're in Europe, the West probably begins in the Atlantic Ocean. But every town says it, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, they couldn't come up with a better slogan. Parks and Rec was, like, home of the fattest people in America. Okay, well, are you asking if these people can come up with something better 
And is it the same people who came up with like the North Dakota tourism logo and saying, which is what is it? ND legendary. What is, yeah. what is the North Dakota saying? Teddy Roosevelt was here. So yeah, it was the, Phil the, Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Home of Phil Jeff ja- Boshi. Home of Phil Jackson. You can come here if you want. We don't give a shit. We don't thrive on tourist dollars. Yeah, between North Dakota tourism logo and the University of North Dakota logo, my passion is graphic design. And and when I see someone that's from like Florida that are up here in the badlands of North Dakota, like, yeah, we went on family vacation here. My first question for them is why? Go on, but I, I have to, I have to interject. Don't go on. I'm interjecting. Remember that I told you about that jackass in Survivor? His name is Taylor. He was like a snowboard instructor, and he said he was all super adventurous. You know, it's, you know what I'm about to say. One of his adventures was he was a beekeeper. He, like, brewed beer. Not very difficult. I mean, brewing beer is probably a lot I more mean, difficult. I mean, he's probably unemployed. Yeah, definitely unemployed. Then he said, I've traveled to North Dakota. So congratulations on anyone and everyone who has lived in North Dakota who has traveled to North Dakota, congratulations. You are now able to apply to Survivor and get on the show. So congratulations to Taylor, who got voted out. Dynamite drop-in. Um, you told me a story about door dings, and you can tell the story after this if you want, but there was one time Denver correspondent Andy was with me in the backseat of one of my brother's cars in the Target parking lot. Target. And I gave him a titty twister as he was opening his door and he may swung the door open and just drilled this car. We did what every red blooded American would do and panic move to a different spot because no one saw it. Yeah. I wish that I could have just moved to another spot, but the other day I had an appointment. So I, I roll up to this place and I'm like right on time. I get a, I get a front row parking spot. Like, I am just fucking jazzed, right? I'm in a good mood. Uh, Matt hasn't pissed me off yet for the day. Like, things are going really well. So I didn't text you at all that no, day. No, we didn't text a whole lot that morning is what I'm trying to say. And I get there, and if you don't know this about North Dakota, uh, the wind blows like it's going out of style, okay? It just fucking rips through you like a bunch of razor blades. The wind was blowing this particular day, and I happened to be pointed in the exact direction, in the exact spot, and I opened my door at the exact time that the biggest wind gust I've ever experienced happened. <laughs> it took my door, flung it wide open right into the car next to me, right? No big deal. I can just repark, act like nothing happened. Wrong. The lady was in the fucking car <laughs> and requested my insurance information, I said. It's all it is is liability. So good luck. She also told me that she just got done. She wouldn't have been as strict about it, but she just got done totaling a vehicle or not totaling. She just got insurance for $11,000 on a vehicle, which you pointed out to me. Why wouldn't it just be totaled at that point? $11,000 in damage. That's a new vehicle. That's two new vehicles. Unless she's like driving the Challenger space shuttle around. It's not going to happen. Every insurance company, if it's more than like two grand, they're like, yeah, it's totaled. Yeah. So this lady was a crock of shit. I'm probably going to get my identity stolen soon and this podcast will end. So that's what I get. I always wanted to get my identity stolen. You do. I think it would be, the logistics of it would suck, but imagine the other life I could be living. Okay. I'm trying to imagine it. Could you give me something to help imagine it? I could be a guy in like Wyoming buying a canoe from Dick Sporting Goods with my money. What am I going to do with that canoe? I digress. Okay. This is a big one. The four original Starburst flavors. Okay, we have yellow, red, pink, and orange. Orange is the worst, but it's still good. Agreed? I agree. But a lot of people have debates on like what the best one is. Hear me out. Yellow, pink, red, orange. That's your power rankings? Yep. That's the worst fucking power rankings I've ever heard since Notre Dame made it to the BSE National Championship against Alabama and got absolutely smoked with Manti Teo and his imaginary girlfriend. My power rankings would have to be, and there's no other debate here, pink, red, orange, yellow. You put orange above yellow? Yeah, yellow is the worst. 
Yellow is the most underrated thing since Texas Western won the 1966 basketball championship. No, yellow is absolutely terrible. Anything like yellow flavored, aka banana flavored, just not having it. Okay, Bana- it's not banana. banana doesn't. It's, tra- it's not what banana. Is it? What is it then? It's it's yellow. It's yellow. I'll take some of the yellow. <laughs> Don't get cheap on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't look like beef, and he's like, oh yeah, and switches them. Uh, Who the hell are you, man, Isaac fucking Newton? <laughs> Yellow is the most underrated. Yellow Starburst is the most underrated thing in human civilization history. Have you ever owned a back scratcher before? Yeah. Good luck, pal. See, back scratchers are good, but you can use anything as a back scratcher. No, no. I'm talking about a legitimate back scratcher. Okay. I was in Fargo a few weeks ago. I came across a mean back scratcher. Wow. Changed my whole year. I use door frames as back scratchers and they are the best natural slash unnatural back scratcher in history. All right. I'm just saying yellow starbursts and back scratchers are very underrated and we both have our opinions on that. Okay, that's fine. But yours sucks. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is my best idea I've ever had. Oh God. Here we go. It should be tradition. Okay, I'm that following you so far. If a president serves four years and doesn't get reelected, his last day in office, he should pardon every single prisoner in the United States. That is an absolutely terrible idea. And everyone gets bounty hunter license and can like get $5 per... This sounds a lot like the plot of The Purge. Okay, well, it is kind of The Purge, but bounty hunters, because they're they're free to go. Everyone's free to go. Prisons have zero occupancy. We don't spend any federal government money. What are we going to do with these fucking maximum security prisons that we've built? They get jobs, and then eventually... The maximum security prisons get jobs? No. The people that get out of them get jobs. Yeah, what are we doing with the infrastructure that is maximum security prisons? Jordan, Jordan, this is America. Go down to Colorado. There's one of the best prisons in America. I believe it's in Colorado Springs. Nope. It's down in Colorado. I know that much. Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing between that and the 100 miles. Where is it then, Mr. Nope? I watched a YouTube Don't Don't video. look it up. Don't look it up. Tell me where it is, Mr. Uh, uh, no, it's not in Colorado Springs. It's not in Colorado It's Springs. in Colorado. It is in Colorado. Can we agree there? Yeah, okay. All we'll, right, let's we'll, move on. We'll agree For there. For the sake of our listeners. But I think that if everyone got out, you get some people that get jobs, plus people get jobs rounding up. I mean, granted, murders would go up, like, robberies would go up a lot, but you'd get jobs that come out of that. And is is plus, this an economic plan? Because it is absolutely terrible. No, but it's Rapists kinda, and sex offenders will be loose on your streets. Oh, well, it's kind of just that last fuck you of the presidency where you can say, well, I lost, but I'm taking my ball home. Everyone go free! I know it's a hot talking point, but... I think America would be in a much uh, better spot right now if Joe Exotic were just pardoned. I mean, we all wanted it. He got the fucking stretch limo. We oh, all yeah. wanted it. We I, all I, wanted it. And Tiger King was a big part of your life this year. And I just think America would be a lot better right now. But, that was definitely you know, like, Of the 75 that were pardoned, he wasn't one of them. Yep. Too gay. Yep. <laughs> that, that's what he said. Quote from him, too gay. I did not say he was too gay. Um, also... Putting the horse before the carriage of having a limo come to... Is this y- your transition into Olympics of sayings? No, but but it, it will be after I talk about this. Um, putting the, the horse before the carriage. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, I mean, that would have been I a I do need a bronze. Um, so he had a stretch limo come, and then nothing happens. Like, you might want to get pardoned before you have a stretch limo that... I'm only going to assume had a hot tub in the back. Yeah, but there wouldn't have been a helicopter from a major network flying over getting coverage of the stretch limo and thus getting Joe Exotic more publicity if there wasn't the stretch limo. No stretch limo, no publicity equals no happy Joe. But putting the horse before the carriage, like you said, great transition into our Olympics this week. We did Olympics of sayings. Um, you can call it Olympics of short sayings if you want. Yes, I will take a beer. Thank you for asking. Open for interpretation as usual. 
Uh, if you don't know how our Olympics work, we basically make a podium of a certain topic or category. Uh, like I said, this week is Olympics of Sayings. So Matt's going to start with his disqualified. We'll go back and forth. Then we work in ascending order, starting with lost in the medal round, bronze, silver, gold. Matt, what do you got? Okay, so when I suggested this, I only had my disqualification saying. All right, well, then it better be a good one. There is no such thing as a stupid question. Yep. People who say there is no such thing as a stupid question were the ones asking the stupid questions. Especially, like, you be in the workforce for, like, two minutes, and you get a question, and you're just, like I, I'm not I, I'm not an expert in this thing, but that's a stupid question. There's no such thing as a stupid question. There's such thing as a stupid person, and there's a asking questions. shitload of them. Yeah, stupid person asking questions is the same as a stupid question. So therefore, there is such thing as a stupid question. So I, I really appreciate that disqualified. My DQ, um I mean you could say I stole it from office space, but it's just a classic. Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Now, this is similar to someone's cranky because it's like, well, I wasn't, but slap me in the face and call me Sally. Now I'm fucking cranky. And see, that's the thing. Like, uh, repeat, repeat a guess Cole Foss hates Tuesdays more than Mondays because Tuesday, at Mondays, you are allowed to just coast through the day. Tuesdays, you're expected to do stuff. Also, the rest of the week, you're kind of expected to do stuff, and it sucks. The case of the Mondays, I agree with it. Also, on that, saying people say, oh, thank God it's Friday. TGIF. Yeah. Like, thank God it's every other day. Like, you're, yeah, thank you're gonna, God it's Friday because I don't have to be next to your stupid ass for yeah, 48 hours. You get 48 hours off. Like, yeah, thank God it's nighttime where I don't have to talk to you. For the record, I don't have the traditional 9 to 5. Me neither. Lost in the meta round, Matt. Run it back. Okay. Okay. Examples? Not really any examples, but I just like saying when people say, instead of saying what, I just say run it back. And they're usually confused and I have to ex like say the same. But run it back is almost like a power move, but it can be used in so many different sayings that I just, I need it. I need it in my life. What's like the classic sales saying where it's like, I'll come back around in like two weeks or, or what is it? The classic sales saying where it's like, I'll check up with you or um, what the fuck is it? You know what I'm talking about, right? I've never worked in sales, so I'm not really, but like I'll check back or I'll circle back. I'll, I'll circle cir back. Cir circle back. Yep. That, that's what that's, that's not my lost in the meta round, but I think it's a classic. My lost in the meta round is a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Uh, honestly, the reasoning is because the word bush is in this, and I just think it's hilarious. But um, according to Google, there is actually a meaning behind it. Uh, it basically means it's better to hold on to something you already have now than risk losing it by trying to attain something better. So I guess it's like philosophical or some shit. Uh, so my bronze medal is from the movie Van Wilder. Don't take life too seriously. You'll never get out alive. See, I love that saying when I was a kid, but I thought it was don't take life too seriously. You'll never get out of life, not out alive. Okay, well, either way, that's kind of what I say to myself when it's like, oh, shit, this is happening. I'm like, nah, not dead. Barbecue sauce. <laughs> Vaxit. Vaxit. Don't be a fool. I mean, Van Wilder has a bunch of great sayings, and I, and I really do like that one. So uh, good for you, and I, I agree with it. Seriously, don't take life too seriously. So you'll never, you're, you're going to die. You're going to die. And remember, you can't take that bank account to the grave with you. You can't take that new car to the grave with you. You can't take that house to the grave with you. You can't take that iPad, that fucking little vacuum that fucking roams around your kitchen. You can't take that to the grave with you. Okay, first off, I have a Roomba, and his name is Joffrey. And he's not very good at his job because I don't turn him on. All right. Well, m material possessions are the source of all evil. My bronze medal. Uh, everybody Wang Chung tonight. Kind of self-explanatory here. Uh, I like to party. like to have drinks from the movie Out Cold. What more do you want then? Everybody Wang Chung tonight. If your buddy looks at you and says that, what are you doing? You're Wang Chunging. That's what. That's my motto. No regrets. 
That and everybody Wang Chung tonight. My silver medal. If you snooze, you lose. Oh, that is just dynamite right there. But the thing is, is I snooze a lot, which makes me lose a lot. I like sleep. I love sleeping. Yeah. I love naps. Big yeah. nap guy. Yeah. It's, the thing is, is if you snooze, it, this should have been on my dick disqualification but honestly it's such a good thing if you snooze you lose you need to do the work but honestly naps are good that should be the same all right so so far in olympics don't get attached to material possessions but naps are good gosh this is like a life advice podcast and i love it my silver medal for olympics of sayings here on no brains no headache podcast I'm going to have to go with liquor, hardly know her. Now, this is just a classic. Used it in college a lot. Uh, and, and just mind you, it's it's liquor as in L-I-Q-U-O-R. Hardly know her. It's just a classic. You can do it with any word that ends with an er at the end there. It's just, you know, it's like, uh, but liquor, hardly know her. Also, to go with that, the saying of, what is it? Liquor before beer, everything clear. Beer, beer before, before liquor, liquor, never been beans. That is the biggest crock of shit in the world. Yeah, it's all about your your stature as a person. It's all about your body weight. It's all about what you had that day. What kind of liquor are you drinking? Yeah. You're drinking Tito's? You're drinking Kharkov? Well, if you drink Kharkov, no matter what order you go in, you're probably in for a rough night and an even worse morning. The thing is, too, it's like I saw a guy that was like liquor before beer. Don't be a goddamn pussy. I like my up. Sure, yeah. Gold. Yeah, go ahead with your gold. Never trust a fart. Those are words to live by. Um, knowing you for twenty plus years, you haven't been living by those words. Yeah, <laughs> that is a game I do not want to play, but I keep playing it. Kind of like the Hunger Games. Kind of like roulette. In Russia. It, yeah. So Russian roulette. Well, call it what you want. Yeah, it's a, it's a game that ah, I never want to play this, but you're in bed in the morning you're after a night of greasing out 30 bush lights, and you're sitting there, and you're like, oh, okay, here we oh, go. Oh, I think you'd be greasing in 30 bush lights, <laughs> and you're about to grease something out yeah. of like the a, chili hole. Yeah. Just <laughs> and then you end up having to, like, Pooper bowl shuffle your way to the bathroom. Oh <laughs> you accidentally shit on the toilet seat. Wait, you've never done that? My God. My gold. And, uh, you know, this is going to be basic as shit. Uh, this is going to be pretty classic. But my gold saying is no brains, no headache. I have been saying this for years and it happened to become the title of our podcast. Matt will falsely tell you that I forced this name on the podcast, but he definitely chose it. No brains, no headache. Kind of just means like the less you worry, the less you're gonna problems you're gonna have. You know, if you if you don't brown nose, you don't get your nose into people's business, then it's not gonna be your problem. No brains, no headache. I love it. I can't believe I didn't even that didn't even come up on my radar. Well, uh, it is the title of the podcast, and uh, it just didn't come up out of the blue. I've been thinking no brains, no headaches for years. It just kind of fits my mantra of life. You know, people don't take me too seriously. They don't think I'm too smart. Actually, a very wise man in certain categories, of course. Drinking bush lights, shotgunning, podcast editing, drinking bush light, things like that. You know, cinnamon, toothpicks, kind of my thing. But no brains, no headache. Can't go wrong with it. Honorable mention, today is yesterday's tomorrow. I fucking hate you. That's uh, Oh, boy. Ruffy bomb. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Um, what else are we missing? Why can't I be quarterback? Yeah, now I'm just quoting movies. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I was trying to get away from quoting movies because I was definitely just going to throw like some like, we don't take no prisoners. <laughs> no <laughs> shit from anyone. <laughs> no for an answer. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I would. Is, is that a clip on? <laughs> <laughs> I would agree most probably with your. Uh, there's no such thing as a stupid question, though. I think that was just spot on. Yes, there fucking is such thing as a stupid question. After you get past the kindergarten, I think teachers should be allowed to be mean to you. I think it's just kindergarten, but go on. <laughs> Did I say the kindergarten? Yes. Okay. Well, 
I read on the online that after kindergarten, <laughs> you, you could not, all you need to do is, I think teachers need to be mean to people. I think kids are soft and they should just be punched in the face. I was thinking that only fans should get involved in education and they could just do their, you know, teaching over only fans. Then uh, the teachers will get the salary that they deserve. College is basically only fans for professors. Yeah, you pay for it, and only you can see it. Yeah, whatever happened to Tinder, dude? Whatever happened to just like sexually transmitting diseases with strangers? Yeah, you know, the good old days. Yeah, just like I'm here for the gangbang. <laughs> Championship. All right, the NFC and AFC championships are behind us. We know our Super Bowl matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but let's talk about the NFC championship first. The Tampa Bay Bucks went to Lambeau, took on Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, and the Packers. So what do you think of that game? Uh, very sloppy. You don't often see Tom Brady throw three interceptions, and you don't see Aaron Rodgers throw one interception. Uh, playoff Lenny looked good. Uh, Jim, or Aaron Jones sucked. He fumbled twice. I just thought it was a real sloppy game, but good for the Bucks. good for Tom Brady. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't watch much of the third quarter, but I did watch the rest of the game. Uh, classic Tom Brady just kind of like getting bailed out by like random calls. Twitter went nuts over that uh, pass interference call late in the game. But if you're the Packers... Why the fuck are you giving the ball back to Tom Brady in a conference championship game? Why don't you go for it on fourth and eight? If you don't get it, they're pinned deep in their own territory, and you have those three timeouts. See, I am going to disagree with you there. Okay, so you enjoy losing. I think it was the right thing to do to kick because they give him the ball back. With like two and change left. Have the two-minute warning. But okay, let's say this. They get the touchdown there. They get the two-point conversion. You give Tom Brady two timeouts. It's with, tied, though, Matt. You realize at yeah, that point with, it's tied then. With, but they won't have a chance to get the ball back. You ever. realize at that point it's tied compared to being down by five. The anal- if you, if the you analytics, get the football, the if you analytics. get the touchdown and the two-point conversion, you're tied. Okay, I, You play to win the game. All I'm saying is I see where Matt LaFleur was coming from. Yes, he didn't. He has vacation planned. He doesn't have any time for Tampa Bay. He's got to get on vacation. The Packers fall to one and four, or Aaron Rodgers falls to one and four in NFC championships. Tom Brady now has as many as him and Rex Grossman. God. Moving on to the afternoon action. I was looking forward to this game the most, and I did know going into it, I knew the Chiefs were going to win. They ended up beating up on the Bills. The score made it seem a lot closer than it actually was. But what do you make of that? I mean, just the Bills and Josh Allen, they're just, they just like, can't quite get there. Uh, yeah, I think they're close. They just need a couple things. I think another receiver that isn't Cole Beasley would help. Yeah, uh, probably. A running back that isn't Devin Singletary. I think he had, what, like 17 yards? And your boy TJ Yeldon also is in that game getting some action, which is just weird to see. Yeah, I, I don't get Buffalo. Like, Josh Allen, they need to give him something. The fact that he leads the team in rushing almost every week is probably something that they don't need to happen especially because he has, like, a missile strapped to his arm. Well, maybe they need to buck down and, like, go for their guy in the draft because they've drafted Dem- Devin Singletary out of FAU. They draft the Zach Moss guy. They got TJ Yeldon. What is it, just running back by committee? Do you think they'd be better if they just had that that bell cow, that guy who they can rely on? Yeah, and they also need help on the offensive line, but their defense is there. Their, their defense is a championship defense. Granted, they gave up 38 points, but it was Patrick Mahomes. I think that the Bills are close, but the Chiefs are, this is going to be a dynasty people talk about for years. Yep. So we got the Kansas City Chiefs taking on Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. The first time where the home team has hosted the Super Bowl. Of fucking course oh, yeah. it happens in 2021 with Tom Brady. It's like, are you fucking kidding He's me? making out with his kids. But just one more note on that Chiefs-Bills game. I don't know if you saw Bills Mafia Twitter afterwards, but holy shit, a bunch of salty pigs out there. One guy said, I'm not even going to watch the Super Bowl because I don't even like either team. What are you going to watch besides the goddamn Super Bowl? Grey's Anatomy? 
What are you going to watch? Well, first off, Grey's Anatomy is a dynamite show. Second, Not dynamite to watch it over the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's true. Not dynamite to watch it over the Super Bowl. Puppy Bowl 4. Yeah, that's part of the Super Bowl. Uh, Yeah, I, I've done that too. Like when my team loses, I'll like rationalize it somehow. Like, yeah, good. Gives us a longer off season. We didn't need to win that game anyways. I'm going to go sit in my room, cry. Yeah, Sip on some whiskey. They're just a bunch of crybabies. Don't try to tell me that you're a football fan and you're not going to watch the Super Bowl because I honestly don't care about either team. Well, you should care about the Chiefs because they just whomped on your bills. Well, give them credit. They are the only team where their fan base has more cases of CTE than actual players because, oh, my God. Yeah, you think the chiropractors in the Buffalo area were just busy this morning? Oh, I would just flock to that area. That's like going to the fattest town in the country if you're a dentist because people have shitty teeth. Yeah, and if this was a really shitty podcast, I would make a joke about the folding table vendors in Buffalo, but I'm not going to. Oh, they're capitalizing on it. Well, not anymore. It's kind of hard to break tables when your team's out of the playoffs. Uh, Leave it to Bill's Mafia. They're pretty fucking stupid. Yeah, I could see them just still, like, suplexing tables for the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And thank you to Blake Harris for joining us. Be sure to check out his YouTube channel. He's got a lot of good stuff about college football on there. Looking forward to next week, we're going to have the Olympics of Stadium Snacks. And then it's also Groundhog's Day, so we're having Riley Nagel on from Stranger Nags Podcast. We're going to do a Red Baron pizza movie review of the movie The Groundhog's Day. Then we're having extra special guest on the owner of Punxy Pizza in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. We're going to talk about Groundhog. We're going to talk about pizza. We're going to have a lot of fun. So looking forward to that next week. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, NBNHpod. Take care of yourselves.